Are you ready? Are you sitting down? The Shine On Podcast 2022. I've said before and I'll say it again. Divorce affects so many people out there. The money, the property, the assets, so many high-profile divorces. The conflict, the allegations, huge legal fee and support awards, you name it. Divorce is a true team sport. Incredible insight. Top divorce stories. Shine On Podcast. Shine On Podcast. The Shine On Podcast 2022. episode 50 of the shine on podcast i'm evan shine we are back in wow episode 50 what an absolutely incredible ride incredible run this has been a journey that started in november 2020 with the first show airing on november 24 2020 in the throes of the pandemic when life was uncertain when life was unpredictable and the future unknown for each and every one of us personally and professionally we didn't know what the next day would bring us. But here on the Shine On Podcast, we tackled it all. The highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the roller coaster ride of life and marriage and divorce. And the guests that we've had on the podcast, wow. From our very first guest on the Shine On Podcast, Dr. Gene Safer, author of the book, I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics, all the way through episode 49 we have had the absolute very best experts and feature guests share their thoughts, share their perspectives, share their stories and their journeys. We have gotten into tough topics, shared stories on life, marriage, divorce, talk current events, politics, sports, and the impact these events and so much happening in the world has had in our lives. We have heard the stories and life-changing moments that impacted our guests and shaped them and their lives. And the guy who has been right by my side from the day I said, let's do this, let's go, the very best podcast producer in the business, my guy, David Yass. How do you take a bow on a podcast? Because that's what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been been an incredible run. And look, you know, you have to deal with me. And look, we all know I'm not easy. I mean, you wake up to five emails a day for me with my (laughs) podcast ideas, show topics, docking segments. Thoughts on the guest. I mean, I think you put me on silent or screen my text messages half the time. And I can't even blame you. But look, I have to say thank you because you put in the effort behind the scenes and on the air like no one I've ever met. So as we air episode 50 today, thank you. And thank you, Evan. It it truly has been a labor of love. I deal with I, I work with a, a lot of people that produce podcasts. And I say this without hyperbole. I there's no one else that puts the time in, the preparation, and has the passion and enthusiasm for it. That's why it's so much fun to work on the on the Shine On podcast. And, you know, I think our, it's evident in our listeners. The audience has grown steadily. That has been a great joy to see. And I think it's because of the, the everything, the quality of your guests, the scheming we do to put together the show. And uh, someday they'll do a 30 for 30 documentary, Evan, on the making of the Shine On podcast. We should get that in the works. And Dave, you mentioned the <laughs> listeners. Look, the listeners who have been with the podcast from the very first episode and those that have joined along the way. Thank you to listeners. I love getting your thoughts, your emails, your feedback, your comments. I love hearing about the guests that you loved, the episodes that made a difference in your personal life, in your marriage, and how you think about divorce, and how you go about navigating the very difficult divorce process. And look, I love doing the podcast. People always say to me, Shine, where do you find the time? When you love something and when you love what you do, 
as I love what I do as a divorce attorney and I love doing the podcast. Look, finding the time is not the challenge. It's reeling yourself in at times <laughs> from staying up all night, thinking about the podcast episodes, the five emails I sent to producer Dave. <laughs> he doesn't know this, but I have 10 emails. And then I have to say, you know what? He's got a life too. You know what? I'm only going to send him five. But look, my approach to the podcast is the same as my approach as a divorce attorney and my clients. I think about the podcast. I think about my clients. I think about the work that I do. And look, I think we bring a show, Dave, as we've talked about in a podcast with guests with a unique take, a unique perspective, guests that will change the way you view your life. And look, I truly believe there's nothing else out there like that. Agreed, man. And here's to 10 more years or however many we, we choose to embark on. But it's it's just been a joy, Evan. So I, I can't wait for more. Yeah, look, and from the very first episode, you know, all the listeners know I start every show with my thoughts, and then we get into the docket where we take a hard look at what's happening in the world of divorce, from articles on divorce to movie clips to divorce songs and about divorce from the likes of producer Dave's favorite singers, Adele and Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> and look, along with Dave, we've given our thoughts and views, and we give you our takes, and Dave gives you his incredible perspective as someone who has lived through the trials and tribulations of the divorce process and what it's been like for him in that moment and post-divorce. But today for episode 50, we shake it up a bit because, you know, as we always do on the podcast, we push the envelope. We do things differently. No shine on spotlight. No guest interview. Today, we take a look back at prior episodes of the podcast for episode 50. We do a Shine On podcast in review, and producer Dave and I together highlight some of the moments over the years, some of the guests, some of the stories, some of the topics that have made tremendous headlines over the past two years since the very first episode in November 2020. And look, I'm just going to say this. I tried. I tried really, really hard. I said, producer Dave, what's the longest podcast ever produced? in podcast history because what i really wanted to do is to take a look back at every single episode <laughs> every single guest every single theme and talk for hours about all the episodes all the guests all the lessons i learned and all the lessons i know so many of you learned and he said shine if you want me to edit a 15-hour podcast first you need to triple my salary so that's where that idea you know came to an end but Dave, I know you have queued up some fantastic clips. We're going to talk about some of the episodes. And look, it has been, as we've talked about, and I mentioned, an absolute wonderful run over the past 49 episodes. And then after we go through some of these moments, look, we're going to do a segment, Get to Know Shine. Mm. Get to know me a little bit more. Sure, you know me as the divorce attorney in New York City and the host of the podcast, but coming up, producer Dave has a special 50th episode featured segment, Get to Know Shine. So, Dave, as we always do on the podcast, let's fire things up. Let's fire it up. We look back on the journey that has been the Shine On podcast. And you already mentioned our, the first guest, Dr. Gene Safer, author of I Love You But I Hate Your Politics. Let's take a very quick listen back at what she had to say. Since the election, I'm getting about 10 Desperate emails a day from people saying, what do I do? My mother said she'll never talk to me again. I'm never going to talk to my father again. Our relationship is breaking up. People are, are entrenched. They're not going to change them. 
I mean, there's still people who won't wear a mask because it, it, it violates their individual freedom. You know, you think there's going to stop? I don't So that's interesting to hear in the early days of the pandemic, people still having fights over the mask. And uh, she was just a terrific way to start the show. Your, uh, your remembrances of Dr. Safer, Evan. Well, look, she was fantastic. And look, it was an incredible first episode. She was a meaningful guest. The first ever guest on the Shot Up podcast, author of the book, I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics. We talked about the impact of politics on relationships and how the political divide. Then in 2020, the increasing political temperature in today's world affects and impact our relationship. And Dave, one of the takeaways that I had, look, this isn't just how it affects your romantic relationships. This is how it impacts your everyday relationships with your coworkers, your friendships, your loved ones. It also changed the dating landscape, as we talked about in that interview. What we look for in our romantic partners now includes perhaps political views. Mm. Reasons for breakups and marital strife now include a political divide. And look, this episode aired in November 2020, but with the midterm elections happening on the day the episode you know, comes out and with the presidential election looming in the future, I still think this is as much of an issue today as it was in 2020. Your thoughts? Big time. Not only that, but we have Thanksgiving approaching as well. And that, of course, is when family and politics often collides violently. So <laughs> wise, wise thoughts from uh, Dr. Safer. And you're right. A lo- I think a lot of these themes, I think this will be a theme of this particular episode, is that what goes around comes around. The next one we'll look back on is a guy who was entertaining, informative, brilliant, and just kind of a character, Dr. Phil Levy. Title of the episode was Relationships and Success in Sports and Life. Let's listen back. You know, hire the person, teach the skill. And I think the great coaches and great leaders, that's what they see at Duncan, not just because he had great skills, but because of the person he was. Because of the fact that when when Pop criticized him very early on, publicly no less, that he was able to take it and he used it as a motivator. It inspired him, which I. So just a little clip there. He's, of course, talking about Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich. But it was it was fun because, by the way, what a what a New York accent on that guy. Just lovable as heck. <laughs> uh, but so he was he was able to get into psychology, psychology, motivating, coaching, sports. And that was a fun episode. We should have him back sometime. But your thoughts, Evan? We should. We should have Dr. Phil back. It was a great episode. And look, where else can you talk sports and how it impacts our life, the relationships? You know, we talk about, you know, the, what makes relationships work in all areas of life, the coach, the quarterback, what makes the concept of a team really work? And we talk about the great dynasties in sports, the New England Patriots, the Chicago Bulls, the head coach to the star player. And I think what stands out to me, and Dr. Phil talks about it, is you can think about sports as a metaphor for life. And the other thing that is fascinating is Dr. Phil wrote a book with his wife. And we talk about in that episode what that experience was like for him and how both of them, by putting in the work and writing the book together, were able to develop an incredible appreciation for one another. Next guest we'll revisit is Catherine Woodward Thomas. Now, if you don't remember that name, 
you will remember the name Gwyneth Paltrow and the moment when she famously split with her husband and described it instead of a divorce as a conscious uncoupling. Where did that term come from? Well, it came from author Catherine Woodward Thomas and Evan had the chance to ask her about it. So conscious uncoupling is a five-step program that really allows people to go through a, a breakup in a way that is reflective of their own moral, of their desire to not hurt themselves or anyone else, or certainly not do damage to their kids, who would like to be open to love in the future and not be carrying around baggage or, you know, feeling resentful for you know, a year, five years, 10 years, I've met people 35 years later are still ruminating about what they didn't get that they should have gotten. Your thoughts on Dr. Thomas. Catherine Warwick Thomas, look, let's call it what it is. She was a pioneer. She was a game changer. She's an absolute legend. She changed how people think about divorce with two simple words, conscious, uncoupling. I would tell you that she doesn't get enough credit for everything that she's done. And she's written the book, Conscious Uncoupling. She has other fantastic books out there. But Dave, when I go back and think about that interview with her, she was wise. Mm. She was brilliant. She was experienced. I have heard from so many listeners and so many even professionals out there. And I know Catherine Woodward Thomas trains other professionals on how to really, really teach the steps to help people consciously uncouple as opposed to going through a knockdown drag out litigated divorce she is brilliant and she was wise and she really changed how so many people think about the divorce process and you see that because the way these terms are used nowadays conscious uncoupling you hear so many people reference it over and over and over and it all goes back to Catherine Woodward Thomas it was great to hear the sort of the story behind the story because we Gwyneth Paltrow popularized the term, but it was great to hear from from Catherine as to the whole theory behind it, which was fascinating. Well, as we like to do on the Shine On podcast, some of the guests are kind of a change of pace, and I think this one falls into that category. Evan's former professor, professor of communications at Syracuse University, Robert Thompson, came on the show to talk about the media, of which he is an expert, TV and the way divorce has been depicted on TV. A lot of great stuff. Let's go back. I think a lot of the culture wars were the result of the fact that when finally television was able to start reflecting real American culture to some greater extent than they did before, an awful lot of people were much happier with that old sort of uh, culture that had been invented. And a lot of people still hadn't gotten over it yet. He's talking about, you know, the changing ways that TV used to portray families as so idyllic and leave it to Beaver and etc., And then you had things like Roseanne and Married with Children, where things were more raw and real. And as you said, not everybody loved that switch, but it was great for him to sort of take us through the history of television. What do you remember about that one, Evan? Well, first, it was incredible for me to have my former professor, Robert Thompson, on the show from my alma mater, Syracuse University. It took me back to my 20s, and it reminds me why the line to take Professor Thompson's class back then, I think you registered in person, was around the corner. Because he was that brilliant. And look, we talked about the portrayal of divorce and marriage and really the evolution and depiction of what takes place on the screen and how it reflects or how it doesn't reflect what's happening in the world. This was as much of an interview about 
television as it was about history, as it was about marriage, as it was about divorce. I mean, there were so many different takeaways from this episode. It was brilliant. I mean, it, it was, I've listened to this episode probably at least 10 times and I can take it in a handful of different directions. I'll tell you one thing I did. I made my wife rewatch Modern Family, which was so incredibly well done because Professor Thompson talked about that show in particular, which was one of the more recent shows in terms of how it depicted really a modern family. And I know he thought incredibly highly of the way that show was done, but he was absolutely brilliant. And it was an incredible history lesson, a lesson on divorce and a lesson on movies. I love it. And you know, I'll always talk television, Evan. So anytime you want to do that. Yeah, no, you're a big uh, TV and movie buff. So it was right up, guest right up your alley. Another terrific guest was Judge Matthew Cooper, who had recently stepped down from the bench in New York. And we got him on the show. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. I could have stayed on a few more years, but I decided it was the right time to do it. But one of them was the move towards virtual. Really, it wasn't me. It didn't play to my strengths. The best way to resolve cases, the best way to find out and to find out the truth, and yet, or to the extent we ever can know the truth in a case, is having the people actually before you. Right? I found nothing worked as well as having people in the courtroom, or even more importantly, back in the roving room where there was some direct communication. Another sort of signpost on the journey that was the pandemic was Judge Matthew Cooper revealing that doing those virtual hearings is was a factor in driving him towards retirement. But he certainly seemed happy in retirement, was a great guest. What do you remember? Yeah, no, he does seem happy in retirement. Look, he's incredibly missed, not only by, you know, me, but about by so many practitioners who appeared before him and look, the whole virtual litigation, in-person litigation, that debate is still going on. I 100% agree with George Cooper. Being in person, given the type of cases and the work that I do, is so much better and often much more effective. But look, this was a special interview for me to have on the podcast, a judge I appeared in front of so often, a judge who retired almost one year ago after a storied and remarkable career on the bench in New York State Supreme Court in the matrimonial part in New York City. What stands out to me is how much Judge Cooper cared and hearing him talk about how he's always thinking about the people who appear before him, the cases, the decisions he makes, and the impact of those decisions and how it keeps him up at night. And judges are human beings. And I also loved hearing about the story of Judge Cooper's family and his background and how he went to law school and decided to go to law school and how he ended up becoming a judge. But also his approach to settling cases as a judge is totally unique. And as someone who appears in front of so many different judges, Judge Cooper was a judge who truly cared about the people and the attorneys that appeared before him. Next guest we'll look back on is a current sports agent. I know that used to be your field, Evan, and we had the pleasure of interviewing someone who was not just a great sports agent, but a link to NFL past the daughter of former great quarterback, Ken Stabler, Alexa Stabler joined the show. And let's listen back to that one. My dad had a really great career in football and it's fortunate not to be enshrined in the pro football hall of fame, but I always tell people he was really a hall of fame father. I think it would be natural to want a son or son being a professional football player, the topic of being a woman and, and maybe the limitations involved in that was never even addressed. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but 
I think it helped set me on the path that I'm on today. Great interview, that one, Evan. What do you recall about it? No, Dave, she was a blast. Alexa Stabler was absolutely fantastic. And to use her words, her dad was a Hall of Fame dad. Look, we know Ken Stabler is being the star quarterback for, you know, the Raiders. But when she says he's a Hall of Fame dad, and the takeaway from that interview for me was her relationship with him and the impact that he had not only on the field, but off the field and how he made a difference in his daughter's life. It also goes to tradition and family and legacy and passing down values and really the relationships and the memories that live on. And Alexis Stabler talked about it. She is a young child and how those memories from her father, both professionally and his work ethic and how he was always there as a father, even when he might not have lived up the street, or even when he was with his football family. And we spent a lot of time talking about the football family and his personal family, and sometimes the battle and the conflict that may exist with that. But how the lesson she learned from him stay with her, not only as she parents, but as she pursues her career as a sports agent. Well, the subject switched to authors. And when authors Erica Slaughter and Patrick Markey wrote a book called You'll forgive me, listeners. Fuck Divorce is the name of the book. With a provocative title like that, what do they do next? Well, they come on to the Shine On podcast. My uh, focus in my research is actually how relationships impact how we see ourselves. And so that was really the area of the book that was my baby and my area of expertise. And Pat has done quite a bit more work on kind of initial attraction processes and dating and sex and early relationships and things like that. And so we were able to sort of cobble these things together to say, hey, we've been there. We get that it's awful, but here's all of this data that people have been publishing in journals that nobody ever sees. Great back and forth between those two on that episode. Evan, what do you remember? Well, Dave, that's exactly what I was going to say. Their back and forth, their relationship, their dynamic, that's what stands out to me. Look, their book, their title, you mentioned it, Fuck Divorce, fantastic book, but you can see the relationship between Erica and Patrick, during the interview, they're back and forth, listening to each of them talk about the differences in their past, the differences in their relationships, how they've blended their families, how they make time for themselves individually and together as a couple. Go back, listen to the interview. And I have to tell you, this, this episode was a blast. It was fun. And I remember laughing and us talking about it after you know the interview, when we recorded it, you can see the dynamic and the relationship between them and why it works. And look, as we have the benefit of doing for so many of the guests that we have on the podcast is after we record it, we'll talk about the guests in the episodes and, you know, really go through and put together, you know, the editing process and all the great stuff that you do behind the scenes. This stands out to me having the duo of Erica Slaughter and Patrick Martin on together talking about their book, Fuck Divorce. This was fun. This was fun. And it really was a way to tackle the stigma of divorce, which is to own it, acknowledge it sucks, and to figure out the best way to move forward in your life. Another memorable guest, Evan, that was one of my favorites because he was just a a charming veteran of the bar, St. Louis attorney, Carrie Mogerman. Let's take a listen back to that one. It's a great program, and we just it's just been kind of redone, and it's being offered now annually in Kansas City. They just had the, the, uh, the first one of the new program. I'm getting great reviews. I think it was an excellent program. And it, it's fun for the faculty because not only are we helping people learn how to 
be good advocates, but you know, you shake some of the rust off when you do that every time and and you come back yourself feeling like sharpened up. Just uh, an example of his very charming sort of avuncular ways. What do you remember about Carrie? Well, Dave, you said it absolutely brilliantly. And look, one of the things I remember is I think we ended the podcast predicting that this could be the year the Cardinals and the Yankees meet in the World <laughs> Series. So obviously that didn't happen. That didn't but work look, out, no. No, it didn't work out for, you know, either his team, team, my team, or your team, the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> right. But look, my takeaways, if you're starting out in this field as a young attorney practicing matrimonial law, go back and listen to this episode. Carrie's brilliance, his wisdom, someone who's been there and done that and has decades of experience, Carrie's as good as it gets. Absolutely. One very interesting interview was, again, we go back to the early days of the pandemic when... Sadly, Broadway had shut down and people were clamoring it for to return. And of course, we got a Broadway actress on the show, Jessica Phillips. Let's take a listen to what she said at the time. Probably the, the, the largest impact it had was on on mental health. And so it really led to you know, a period of, of deep mourning and grief for, for, for artists in general who have who were searching to live out uh, their you know, creative expression and their their entire professional identity. Did she return to Broadway, I assume, Evan? Do we know? She did. Okay. She did. She looked, Dave, as you mentioned, look, this, this episode took us deep into the dark days of the pandemic. Jessica Phillips was the star of Dear Evan Hansen playing mom, Heidi Hansen. And she talks about in that clip, in the interview, what it was like for her and her friends, the co-workers, really the theater industry. When the pandemic shut everything down, and Broadway went dark, and lives were upended, and lives were changed. And we also talked about her divorce and parenting and what she learned about herself. It was an incredible interview. Jessica Phillips, incredible actress. And really, we go deep with her talking about Broadway and life in general. Fantastic episode, and she was brilliant. We also talked to an author named Dr. Tracy Dennis Tawari. The book was called Future Tense, and here's what she had to say. I wrote this book, and... One thing that was very clear to me is that anxiety was more relevant than ever before, because if indeed, as I argue, anxiety is about the uncertain future, what describes our pandemic experience in some ways better than that? Really, all this uncertainty heaped on us, not knowing what the future holds, everything changing, you know, on a dime for so many, for all of us, for the whole world. Yeah, well, that was appropriate. We play that after Jessica's clip because same theme, right? Anxiety during the pandemic. She was a great guest. Dave, I have to tell you, she was absolutely fantastic. And I would argue that there's no bigger topic in today's world than anxiety. And her book, Future Tense, it tackles the tough topic. Her perspective is unique. I've gone back and I've listened to this interview a handful of times. I've heard from so many people, clients, listeners, how meaningful this episode was and how it changed how they approach their daily life, how they deal with anxiety, they deal with loneliness, they deal with depression. They deal with life during the pandemic, life on the other side of the pandemic. Again, I love every interview I do. This to me stands out. My interview with Dr. Tracy Dennis Tawari was one of the most meaningful and important interviews I think we've ever done on the podcast. She was terrific and lessons for everybody going forward. Well, it's the moment I know, listeners, you've been waiting for and a moment that I've been waiting for as we turn the tables on Evan and he answers some questions for a change on the Shine On podcast. 
Just a few questions for you to get to know the man behind the microphone a little bit better. Let's start here, Evan. What did you want to be when you grew up? A young Evan Shine. What was his plan? Dave, you're taking me back into the early childhood days. But look, when, ever since I was young, I wanted to be a sports agent. I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. I think after that movie came out, I walked around for months saying, show me the money. And I did it. <laughs> look, I'm a converted sports agent turned matrimonial family law attorney. I traveled for three years around the country, following law school, during law school, recruiting college football players. I loved every second of it. Is it Jerry Maguire? Absolutely not. But look, the experiences I learned, the connections, the life lessons, absolutely invaluable. And they helped me in so many ways in the work that I do as a family law attorney. Do you miss those days or was it just, it seems like you're saying it was a bit of a grind at the end of the day? It was more than a bit of a grind. Do okay. I miss those days? Absolutely not, in part because I love what I'm doing right now. Let's talk about what you do now. I know you get into court a fair amount. What's your most memorable courtroom moment? Early in my career, Dave, I was in court doing oral arguments, something I absolutely love. Downtown, 60 Center Street, the incredible courthouse in Lower Manhattan, in New York City. And the judge ruled in my client's favor in a very contentious, high-conflict divorce. And right there on the spot in a courtroom packed with people, my client looks at me and gives me a huge hug. And right then in that moment, you realize the impact as a divorce attorney that you have on people's lives. Everything you say, everything you do, your approach, your strategy, your style, your thought process, and you want to help people get through this tough time. So it's incredibly rewarding, it's humbling, and it's something I often think about that moment. On the podcast, we talk to a lot of people who are inspirational to others, but we would like to know, have you ever had a mentor? It's a great question. And look, I have. Look, my law partner, Jacqueline Newman, I learned from her each and every day about the practice, what it's like to be a divorce attorney, about running a law firm. And we talk, you know, often and we discuss not only about the practice of law and business and life, you know, daily. I often get asked by law students, what's the advice I would give to them today? And there's a few things that come to mind. But one is find your person, which obviously isn't easy. And look, there may be a few people over the course of your career that have incredible influence and make a real defining difference in your life. But find the person, your person, find someone who believes in you, someone you can share a vision with. And for me, that person's Jacqueline. As a uh, member of the bar, a proud member of the bar myself still, even though I'm in the podcast business, here's a question that's close to my heart. What do most people misunderstand about lawyers? I think people think because you went to law school, you know everything about the law. I mean, this, this takes me back to oh, yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, I think, when I first started dating my wife. And I have cousins on my wife's side asking me questions over Thanksgiving dinner about commercial law transactions. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a divorce attorney, right? And then the next thought that comes to mind is, could you pass more of the stuffing in, in Turkey? <laughs> but seriously, look, while I appreciate the credibility that comes with being an attorney, one of the things that I realized in my practice early on is that as a divorce attorney, you don't need to know everything. I'm a divorce attorney. I'm not a criminal attorney. I'm not an estate planning attorney. I'm sure I'm not in a commercial litigation attorney. I'm not a tax attorney. And I know a lot about these topics because of the work that I do. But more importantly, is know who you can bring in as part of the team to help your clients go through this process. Next question. Tell us this, Evan. 
What was your most humbling moment as a young lawyer? I've told this story, Dave, and I'll never forget it. Let's go back to November 2008. I am in a courtroom in Orange County, New York, lovely town of Goshen. Some of you may know it by where Woodbury Commons is. I'm trying my first divorce case six months out after I started practicing, and I'm never going to forget this moment. I'm going up against an attorney in his 60s who clearly knew the judge. The attorney was probably wearing a suit that was older than me at the time. I'm in my <laughs> mid-20s. And the attorney, it was obvious that he had a good relationship with the judge. We're scheduled for trial. My client is nervous. She's upset. She doesn't know what to expect. The judge comes out and the first thing he says, there's no hello, there's no good morning. Or should I say the first thing the judge screams, <laughs> is it me in front of my client? And the judge says, Mr. Shine, if you can't settle this case, and I can't pick up my grandkids today after school because you won't settle this case. I'm never going to forget this. I'm putting aside that we're on for trial. And judge, you probably should not have agreed to pick up your grandkids at 2 p.m. when we're on for trial. That's another conversation. But he wrongly assumed it was my fault. The case wasn't settling. Mm. And maybe it was because of my age. Maybe it was because of the relationship that he had with the other attorney. But it didn't matter because all I heard was him yelling at me so long in front of my client. Long story short, we eventually settled the case the next day. The judge did get to pick up his grandkids, but the meaningful part of it, mm. the judge's law clerk calls me back into chambers and says, Mr. Shine, the judge wants to speak to you. The judge sat me down and apologized to me and acknowledged that he was wrong in thinking it was my fault as to why the case did not settle and how impressed he was with how I handled the situation in the moment. And as more facts and information came to light, he realized he was wrong and he should have not acted the way he did. From that moment on, I always had the respect of that judge who I ended up appearing in front of several times. And so very early on in my career, I learned two things real fast. Client management, because my client was witness to all of this. And two, find the balance between always being respectful to a judge and also being firm and advocating for your client. And if you can master these two things, which is an incredibly difficult dance to do, it will help you tremendously in your career. Talk about getting thrown into the deep end right away, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was that easy. <laughs> you got yelled at the first moment. Which is why I have such a, such a vivid memory of that exact moment. Yeah, well, tremendous that it turned out to be a, a positive experience rather than a heartbreaking one. That's right. Our listeners want to know, Evan, who are your role models? For me, my role model is my brother, hardest working person I know. He loves what I do. He's a broadcaster. I love what I do. We're four years apart. I've always looked up to him in life, professionally, really in all aspects in, in, in the way you can look up to anybody. And we're probably in the minority. Look, with all the stresses in the world and in life, I honestly can't imagine, nor do I ever want to think about what it would be like to wake up and go to a job that I didn't like. And I've been fortunate from early on since you know the early days in elementary school up until now, you know, the incredibly close relationship I have with my brother. And so for me, that answer is easy. My brother. Next question, Evan. What has been, what was the most memorable event you've ever attended live? Look, I've been fortunate to attend five Super Bowls with my father, which includes seeing our team, the New York Giants, win the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. But for me, growing up as a family, we went to Yankee opening day, which I think I've talked about before in the podcast. Every single year from kindergarten through high school. And look, if you're my teachers and you're listening to this, no, I wasn't sick those days. I was at the Yankee game. <laughs> <game. laughs> 
And for me, it was more than just a game. It was family bonding and meaningful. And look, this was back in the day when the tickets were 20 bucks, but it was myself, my brother, my parents, an incredible way to spend. I'll never forget those moments. While we're on that subject, why don't you elaborate a little more? What has been the impact of your parents on your life? The impact of my parents, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. Incredible role models, you know, people, I speak to them each and every day. And, and, and you think back, you know, to, to you know, the, my childhood and, and sort of the stages of life, you know, now, you know, having a child of my own and, and I go back and I think about their influence and how I was raised and the values and the lessons and the work ethic that they instilled in me. And now as a parent, you try to do the same. And so the relationship that you have with them when you're young and how it evolves throughout high school, throughout college, in your 20s, 30s, when you're living on your own. And again, something that stands out is how supportive both my mother and father have been in my development, my career. And again, you look back on the lessons and you really think a lot about this when you're a parent yourself about your own childhood and the influence of your parents that they had when you were young and throughout your life and how you try to instill those same values and similar values in your child. And I think, again, my parents have, have done an incredible you know, job and, and you know, instilled so many incredible lessons and values and the time that I can spend with them. I'm fortunate you know, to be able to see them as much as I can and speak to them you know, as often as I can. But the life lessons I've learned from them, you know, they will carry and stay with me forever. Very important question, Evan. What's your favorite kind of sandwich? So, Dave, this answer requires really two. Look, it's <laughs> the first is what I eat for lunch every day, which is a turkey sandwich with tomato on a whole wheat wrap. But if you're asking me my absolute favorite, and I hope my doctor isn't listening <laughs> to this episode, that answer is easy. Look, I live in New York. Hot pastrami on rye with mustard from the Second Avenue Deli. It's a few blocks away from my apartment. Again, two different answers depending on the day. Um, seven, who was your favorite teacher or professor back in the day? This was a tough one because I was fortunate to have excellent teachers at all levels, elementary school, high school, and college at Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Communication and in law school at Syracuse. But as I thought long and hard about this, the answer is actually one of my elementary school mm. teachers, Carol Berger, who at the time and in the years that followed, I realized just the incredible impact that she had on my life. And she was also an amazing person. So, Evan, the question that I think all of our listeners want to know, if someone made a movie of your life, what kind of movie would it be? Would it be a drama, a rom-com, an action film? And who would play Evan Shine? Dave, this is a great question. Look, I think it depends on what part of my life you're looking at. My work life is a divorce attorney, my personal life. I'm sure prior girlfriends may, may want to have a say in this. My current wife may want to have a say, my parents. So I think it depends on the part of you know your, my life you're looking at. Life as a sports agent. I mean, the one I know it wouldn't be is a sci-fi. And look, so I asked my wife, although I think she was half asleep, about who would play me. I think she mumbled Ryan Reynolds, although I'm not sure I can see it. I asked my friend Corey, who's an avid podcast listener. Mm -hmm. He said Brad Pitt. Mm. He referenced Ocean's Eleven and Moneyball. I'm not sure I'm buying either of those. <laughs> so I ask you, producer Dave, if somebody was going to play me, and you've known me for a few years at this point, who would it be? I'm leaning toward one of the Wilson brothers, maybe, Owen or Luke. Maybe maybe Luke Wilson, because... Interesting. He... I wouldn't have gone with Luke Wilson, but, but but I can say it a little bit. Tell me why. Well, because he not only is he... I mean, he's a handsome man, but more than that, there's just a lot of sort of character in his face, and he has this kind of compelling 
personality where you just kind of want to hear the next thing he has to say. If not him, perhaps Edward Norton. He's got that kind of charm and intensity that Evan Shine brings to every episode of the Shine On podcast. I'm going to reach out to them and see if they're available, Evan. Look, I can get beyond enemies. Ryan Reynolds, Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, Luke Wilson. I mean, Dave, keep going. I mean, as long as they're, you know, good looking. I mean, the list doesn't have to stop there. But Dave, I can tell you, this was an absolute, absolute blast. I I thank you, Evan, for, for opening up. And I think this was a kick for me as well. And maybe someday we'll throw out some more questions for Evan. But we'll be busy getting back to Evan asking the questions on the podcast very shortly. What a show. Episode 50 of the Shine Up Podcast. It's been one hell of a ride, and bigger and better things are ahead of the podcast as we inch closer to season three of the Shine Up Podcast. Thank you to each and every podcast guest. Thank you to each and every listener of the podcast. Producer Dave of the Boston Podcast Network. Happy, happy 50th episode. I'm looking forward to another 50 more. I think we're at 50, but we don't look a day over 49. We are just we are just getting warmed up here at the Side On Podcast, and I know you feel the same way, Evan. I do, absolutely. Look, and you can find the podcast on Apple and all major podcast platforms. I'm Evan Shive, and I'll talk to you again real soon.